everybody and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. I'll be here until 11 as uh, per usual. And we have an open line this first hour, then a conversation with the Executive Director of the Champaign Park District, Joe DeLuce, after the uh, 10 o'clock news. If you want to jump in at any time, here's the way you do it, 356-9397, 356-9397. Or the Castle Heating and the Cooling text line is 351-5357. 351-5357. And as we uh, have bored you many times by saying we want this to be a dialogue and a monologue, I say it again today. That's, we had a lot of uh, good calls, a lot of good text messages on a variety of uh, topics yesterday, and that's what an open line is supposed to be all about. And in the news this morning, help needed in the search for a missing Tolono woman. The Champaign City Council has agreed to land annex for the Carl at the Fields Road. Tom McKasick reports that two area incumbent congressmen have a leg up on funding. Do they ever? If you haven't seen those numbers, I'll give them to you. It's unbelievable. Mike Marin says he's ready for the challenge, announcing his intention to run for the state representative seat vacated by Representative Chad Hayes. Bill Black and others in the GOP endorse Marin. We'll look for Jim Russell's top of the morning column today in the News Gazette. If you haven't seen it already, it's all about our WDWS history. 80 years of broadcasting, photos and audio clips. Just go to uh, newsgazette.com and take a look around at some of the work was done mostly by uh, Tim uh, Dittman from our news staff. 56 photographs, hours of audio, all kinds of uh, good stuff to, uh, to look at and to listen to. 80 years of broadcasting here on WDWS. Neighbors' uh, showdown in Rantoul uh, results in three arrests, and the phone outage in Urbana is still there for some. The Gazette editorial today says it's crucial that some version of the school finance bill become law. Meanwhile, on the national and international scene, the Postal Service is charged by Fox News for breaking the law by letting employees do Hillary Clinton's campaign work. President Trump and uh, Russia's uh, Putin met for nearly an hour in the second G20 meeting. 
A lot of people acting like that's a big surprise, and the president said, fake news. Fake news. Everybody knew we were meeting. Rand Paul hits the Republicans who are opposed to Obamacare repeal, says they will have some explaining to do when they go home. And will O.J. Simpson get parole? Of course, says Mark Furman. Mark Furman now serving as a crime scene expert for Fox News. Maybe you saw Mark uh, Furman here this uh, week. They've had a, uh, a repeat of the, uh, the trial, portions of it, of course. Lasted uh, for a long, long time. And we all know uh, what happened and what has happened since then. And the reason we're bringing it up now is that uh, tomorrow... He will have an opportunity, he, O.J., will have an opportunity to get uh, parole. So that's just some of the things that we want to talk about today. Maybe you have some other things. Maybe it's something that uh, you've been watching on television or maybe something you heard in our newscast or somebody on our station uh, said something you want to know more about. Maybe it's something that you would just like to uh, share with others. Maybe it's a question you have that if I can't uh, find the answer right away, we'll uh, find it as soon as we can and uh, and get it to you. So we, we do that as well. That's the open line portion. And we never know what direction it's going to go. That's, uh, for me, that's kind of the joy of it that I gave you... Uh, 12 ideas there, and uh, we'll get to uh, most of them, I think. But who knows? Maybe somebody will bring up something that is of more interest uh, to those of you that are listening this morning, and you want to uh, jump onto that. That's okay, too. That's what we call an open line. 3515357. You can text us. A lot of people have decided they can uh, do that uh, uh, better or quicker or Maybe uh, they're at work or someplace where they don't want to uh, pick up the uh, the telephone. Maybe they don't want uh, people to hear their voice, so they text us. That's good. We don't mind. We just want to hear from you. 356-9397. At 911, 87 degrees already. I don't know about you, where you uh, live, uh, how it was this morning about 6 o'clock, but here in the Champaign, at least in the, the area where I live and on the way to work, it was a downpour. I mean, it was really raining hard. And uh, maybe some of that brown grass that I have in my front yard that I am too lazy to water got a good uh, soaking this morning. And now the heat. The heat, uh, people are talking on the, 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 give the weather forecast, like this is uh, really uh, some serious business about the heat in the next two or three days. Uh, don't, uh, don't do anything foolish. We'll take our first break right here. We'll see who's going to be first today. 3569397 is the phone number after this break. Well, your heart goes out to uh, people that have others in the family that uh, disappear. You just don't know what has happened to them. Where are they? Are they 
Are they okay? Why did they do this? Uh, why didn't I do that? Uh, so on. Mary Shank and uh, Marcus uh, Jackson write in the News Gazette today that we've, of course, had this on our newscast as well. This is a little more information. Uh, investigators from the Champaign County Sheriff's Office have joined in the search for this Tolono woman whose family hasn't heard from her in four days. Chief Deputy Alan Jones said yesterday that Misty J. Henderson, Misty is 19, she's of the Oaks, was reported missing to the Tolono Police Department on Sunday by her mother, Betty Hutton. When they last spoke, Hutton said Tuesday that her daughter was in good spirits after landing a new job that she was to start soon. She was supposed to be starting at the Homer Casey's, Hutton said. The manager there offered to rehire her back because she worked there before. She was all excited about that. She was excited about being able to get a car. What worries Hutton is that her daughter, who was set to begin classes in the fall at Parkland College, often has anxiety when she has to talk to people with whom she's unfamiliar. She's scared of the dark, even at her age, Hutton said. She is uh, 19. If she has to call the doctor to make an appointment, she asks me to do it for her. I tell her she's got to learn how to do it. That's why this is all so unusual. Jones said authorities are trying to chase down any leads that develop. I can't say it's suspicious or not, he said. It's just uncommon for her not to have communication with her family. Henderson normally lives with her mother, but was house-sitting for her aunt on Carolina Street in Homer over the weekend, according to Lieutenant Kurt Apperson, because her aunt has dogs and was out of town. Henderson was last seen at about 6.30 on Saturday when she told a friend she was headed to a nearby store to buy some Cool Whip for a cake that she was baking. This is according to her mother. That friend and Henderson were making plans to go to church on Sunday morning, and Henderson was last seen wearing a black and yellow Batman T-shirt and pink shorts. She is 5 feet 5, weighs about 228 pounds. She has brown eyes, blonde hair, a scar in her hairline, and a scar on her upper right leg that's about 2 inches long. Jones and Apperson said Tolono Police Chief Rick Rainey teamed up with Homer Police Chief John Rouse in looking for Henderson on Sunday and Monday. Sheriff's Office entered the case late Monday afternoon, according to Jones. We're wide open. We have investigators out in the field, Apperson said. Groups of friends and family have also been searching the areas around Homer and posting the missing flyers with Henderson's uh, picture on them. We've been trying to get a lot more people out to search. We don't have the slightest clue to organizing a huge search thing, Hutton said. My sister has been posting about searching on Facebook. 
We've searched all over Homer. We did Homer Lake the best we could. Now we're trying to do the Danville area, Kickapoo, Kinneacuck, and uh, all of that. Hutton took a brief break from searching Tuesday while visiting the doctor about anxiety issues that have mounted in the days that her daughter has been missing. I just want her home and to know that she is safe. Anyone with information is asked to call the sheriff's office. That number is 384-1213. Callers who want to remain anonymous can call Crime Stoppers of Champaign County. That's 373-TIPS, 373-TIPS.com, or through a free app for smartphones called P3TIPS. Tipsers are always completely anonymous when contacting Crime Stoppers. All tips are submitted electronically, and they're stripped of any identifying information and processed by a third-party answering service, not law enforcement. Cash rewards of up to $1,000 are paid for information leading to an arrest. And tipsters will never be asked to give their names or given a secret code number to use when checking in on a possible reward. So that's the entire story, and I spent a lot of time uh, reading that this morning because it's so important that uh, maybe uh, some of you have missed this story, but we've uh, been concentrating in this area on the missing uh, Chinese uh, scholar. And here is a young woman from down at uh, Tolono, that's uh, missing also. Some people have uh, wondered, well, why isn't the FBI on this? I believe the FBI is is on the uh, the, the campus uh, kidnapping because it is indeed kidnapping. There's no indication yet of uh, what happened to Misty Henderson or what has happened or where she is or anything of that sort. So it's up to uh, the police, it's up to uh, volunteers and uh, others uh, to see if they can help uh, find it. Best of luck, we're all having our fingers crossed on this, our prayers going out to the family. This is a tough, tough duty. Those of us that uh, don't have children of that age do indeed have grandchildren of that age, exactly. In fact, I have one a grandchild who is uh, 19 and she is a long way from home and you think about her every day. In Mozambique, that is a long way from here. Anyway, we're at 3569397. What is on your mind? What do you want to talk about today? you have any thoughts on uh, what I just uh, talked to you about, let me know at 356-9397. We talked a little bit about uh, uh, Jim uh, Rosso's uh, column today, and I want to emphasize this uh, once more, that there are a lot of things to to see here, just just a bunch. And uh, go to thenewsgazette.com, flip through the 56 photo gallery and listen for hours to uh, Tim Dippman's 
from the archives collection. This story says, remember Andy Kaufman's buzzer beater in 93. And Joe is uh, up first. Hello, Joe. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Oh, old, ugly, fat, bald, and crippled. <laughs> Each the alternative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to bring up, a, go back to the Russian thing with President Trump. Okay. Um, so much is said continuously on the news channels about it. But I'm a little confused about it all. I'm not sure exactly what it is the Russians allegedly have done to interfere in our election process over here. Uh, What I understand, the only thing they did was release a bunch of information that may or may not have been illegally obtained showing the absolute corruption of the Democrat Party and their main candidate something that our news media should have been doing but wasn't. And it doesn't, uh, I, I don't know what else, and I try to follow this, but I, I can't figure out what else it was that they could have done. And the Democrats are screaming so much about uh, them interfering in our election, but they won't say a word about the fact that President Obama spent over $350,000 of American taxpayer money and sent a team to Israel to interfere in their election. Why is it all right for him to do that, but it's such a dastardly crime for the Russians to try to interfere in our election when we've done it ourselves? Well, it's all, uh, in in my opinion, Joe, it's all a part of the anti-Trump campaign. I think uh, foreign governments, including our own, have been interfering with uh, or trying to find out uh, what they could about elections all over the world for a real long time. I don't think this is uh, anything new, and I think the reason it's in the on the news, uh, every uh, every newscast is it's uh, it's anti-Trump. And that's well, just, uh, you know, here I am sitting in Champaign, Illinois. That's uh, a long way from uh, where all the discussions going on, all the things are happening. But, uh, I, you know, as far as I know, and I'm like you, I try to keep up on things. I, I don't know what they're, you know, I don't know what they did. Well, the last thing I checked on and read about our United States interference in foreign elections since 1945, we have intervened in as many as, and I don't remember whether it was 51 or 81 elections worldwide. And uh, nobody seems to be too upset about that. And a lot of times, in my opinion, we should have intervened in them and for the benefit of our country. And uh, I just, uh, I don't know, it seems so hypocritical on the part of the mainstream news vermin to do what they're doing and they're they're not they're not a, a, a organization that's supposed to be they're supposed to be the watchdogs for this country and they're the lap dogs of the democrat party well that's a very interesting way to put it and uh i uh i don't know uh what else to uh, say about it? It's the reason I haven't uh, brought it up very much because it's, uh, you know, I, 
I keep uh, thinking of uh, Rush the other day. He must have said, they have nothing. They have nothing. He must have said that 20 times in a row. He just uh, kept trying to emphasize that uh, all this is uh, is uh, about something that uh, has not, there has not been any, uh, you know, criminal activity or anything else. And and there again, people have been doing this for a real long time, and uh, so has the United States. Do you know we've uh, formed a commission now that is uh, going to study uh, cyber warfare? What what on earth? Are they? If they do that, they, they better get some uh, 20-year-olds from Google or one of those places and let them be on the commission, not a bunch of uh, older politicians that, uh, I mean, do uh, you know who's who is hip and who uh, who knows about this or young people. Oh, for heaven's sakes, Jim, we can't do that. Why in the world would the government put anybody in charge of something that people that know what they're doing do it? <laughs> that would be a change in tactics, wouldn't it? Hey, thanks, Joe. I need to take another call for the news here. Appreciate sure. your call. Irene, good morning. Hello, Irene. Well, good morning. Uh, I uh, had a problem like uh, these people had with the missing um, daughter. Oh, you um, did? My granddaughter was missing for seven days, and it was traumatic. I can understand, and my heart just goes out to these people. Well, what may I ask uh, what uh, happened to her? Did they find her? She came home? home in seven days. Oh, she just uh, she went missing she on her own. Missing on her own, and it was very scary. She said she slept in the park, and she was in the terminal, the train terminal, and she her hair was dirty and everything. She was dehydrated, but she uh, was found. Well, that's a blessing there. Right? It was a wonderful blessing. I think uh, law enforcement. And my heart goes out to those people. Well, mine too. I law enforcement people will tell you that. A number of these, uh, quote, missing uh, are just that, the people who decide just to leave and then they they come back. But uh, you don't always know if that's uh, going to happen, of course, and that's what worries everyone. Thank you, Irene. I appreciate that call. It's uh, 930, and uh, Brian Barnard has the news headlines, and we'll come back right after that with more of our open line. We're back on Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. The phone line's open at 356-9397. Text us at 351-5357. Here's just a little bit more on uh, that uh, meeting that uh, Trump had with uh, Putin. Uh, They met uh, for a second time on July the 7th in a previously undisclosed discussion. White House confirmed this uh, yesterday. Senior White House official told CNN the discussion was nearly an hour. White House, in a statement acknowledging the meeting, contended it was uh, brief, said Trump spoke with Putin through a translator. National Security uh, Council uh, spokesman uh, Michael Anton said no other staff members were present at the discussion. And the White House further said, that the conversation took place in full view of all the other world leaders and their spouses at a dinner hosted by German Chancellor Angela Merkel during the G20 summit. White House said Trump went over to his wife and spoke with Putin near the end 
of the dinner. She was seated next to Putin. The discussion came after their scheduled two-hour meeting. The White House, in its statement, sought to downplay the significance of the discussion. And Trump himself, on a tweet, says, Fake news story of secret dinner with Putin is sick. All G20 leaders and spouses were invited by the Chancellor of Germany. Everybody knew. The press knew. The fake news is becoming more and more dishonest. Even a dinner arranged for top 20 leaders in Germany is made to look sinister. U.S. presidents at summit often hold private and impromptu discussions with other world leaders. However, the lack of immediate disclosure from the administration as well as Trump's own posture with regard to Russia raised questions of following reports of the discussion last week. I don't know what there was to report if they were at a dinner and they were in full view of uh, all these other people, but what do I know about what is news? But it's uh, a little more of what Joe was talking about a little while ago. In the meantime, back in this country, Rand Paul says that Republicans uh, opposed to Obamacare repeal have got some serious explaining to do when they go home. People ought to keep their promise, Paul said. If uh, people are no longer for repeal, they're going to need to go home and explain to their voters why they said they were for repeal, and now they're no longer for repeal. How many times did they vote to repeal this? Uh, is 80, 90 times? And now they're, when it's actually coming to a vote, uh, too many of them backed out. Paul was referring to Senator Shelley Moore Capito of uh, West Virginia and Senator Lisa Murkowski, a Republican from uh, Arkansas, who said earlier Thursday that they would oppose an Obamacare repeal bill without replacement legislation despite voting for a repeal measure in 2015. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell announced the vote on Obamacare repeal would take place next week after a plan to replace the beleaguered health legislation collapsed for a second time. Interesting uh, story about the Postal Service and Hillary Clinton. Did you hear about that? Well, it's uh, something that happened a while ago, but the U.S. Postal Service violated federal law by letting employees do union-funded work for Hillary Clinton's campaign and other Democratic candidates while on leave from the agency, according to an Office of Special Counsel uh, in a report obtained by Fox News. The OSC determined that the post office engaged in systemic violations of the Hatch Act, a federal law that limits certain political activities of federal employees. The investigation was launched months ago after Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Chairman Ron Johnson brought constituent complaints to the OSC in October. The constituents, uh, identified as a USPS employee, was concerned that Postal Service 
incurred unnecessary overtime costs and improperly coordinated with the National Association of Letter Carriers when it released members for several weeks of union officials uh, leave without pay to participate in campaign work. Well, it's probably happened before as well, don't you think? You never know. And Mark Furman. Oh, man, what a career this guy has had. He was a nobody until O.J. Simpson, and now he's uh, still, still talking about it. Currently serves as a forensic and crime scene expert for Fox News. He was an on-air consultant for ABC, CBS, and Court TV. He has also served as a Los Angeles Police Department detective for 20 years, where he rose to fame as a key investigator and a witness in the O.J. Simpson trial. Furman received more than 55 official commendations during his 20 years with the LAPD. And he says the circus is back in town. O.J. Simpson is getting exactly what he loves, attention. There's never a pause as to why any news on Orenthal James Simpson is cutting-edge journalism. I got it 23 years ago. Heisman Trophy winner and star running back kills ex-wife and boyfriend. But the tragedy has been lived, televised, and documented to death. And now O.J. is at center stage once more trying to get parole for a two-bit robbery in Las Vegas, where 10 years ago he rationalized that property that was once his somehow always remains O.J.'s stuff. Ten years ago, when O.J. took an entourage of dummies to a Las Vegas hotel to re- retrieve his stuff, he once again felt above the law. He walked into that hotel room where the victims knew exactly who was uh, confronting them. Someone was hit, pushed, a gun was waved around, one victim was forced to move. Aha, a kidnapping. Quite a caper. Somewhere along the way, Simpson forgot about a little thing called civil judgment. And even if these disputed items in the Las Vegas hotel weren't legally the victim's property, they surely were not Simpson's. They belonged to the Brown and Goldman families. So the Simpson gang gets arrested. Now the Las Vegas detectives play the small fish to land the big one. Suspects start rolling over to get a deal. The detectives did exactly what I would have done. A suspect who got away with a double murder was dumb enough to come here and pull this silly robbery. They threw every charge at Simpson they could think of, including the big enchilada kidnapping. Trial goes down and Juice gets 10 to 33 years. Good work, guys. Now, nine years later, O.J. is up for parole. Of course he is. He's done more time for a business dispute robbery where the main suspect knew the victim than any case in my law enforcement experience. Nine years in prison, that's a big chunk of life for a, a big chunk of time, I should say, for a suspect with a clean rap sheet. The big question, will O.J. get paroled? I would say yes. 
The legal reasoning for parole is that he did the minimum time without any prison violations, but the behind-the-scenes motivation might be to get Simpson out of the Nevada prison system. Regardless, I predict that on October the 1st, O.J. Simpson will walk out of Lovelock Prison. Mark Furman. 9.45, 87 degrees, inching up there, minute by minute. Coming back after this quick break. Tom Kasica wrote a column today with the headline, To the Incumbent School, the Campaign Spoils. It's all about the, the money being raised by the incumbents and uh, by those who are hoping to, to uh, defeat them. Uh, Rodney Davis raised $413,000 during the three-month period, and 319000 of it came from political action committees, such as the Midwest Region Laborers Political League, the Corn Refiners Association, and the National Association of Truck Stop Operators, National Association of Convenience Stores, Crop Life America, etc. Davis's main campaign fund now has, listen to this, $801,000. His three declared opponents, all Democrats, Dr. David Gill, Benjamin Webb, and Betsy Londrigan, have a combined $11,000. So Davis has 801000 on hand, and the three of them combined, 11364 At Bonmore and I uh, were just uh, talking about uh, Jim Russell's uh, column in the News Gazette today, <laughs> where he's talking about some of the things that have gone on promotion-wise and uh, otherwise here at the radio station as we celebrate 80 years of broadcasting, and we don't remember some of them. This is, uh, this is not good. We better call in a, uh, a memory expert or a psychologist or somebody, Ed, and uh, put us uh, under a big lamp, pull it down in our face and start to quiz us about what is wrong with you. They uh, have in here, one of the things that uh, Tim Dippman found, a Phantom of the Opera promotion where Lou Henson and other prominent community members donned masks. You remember that, Ed? I don't either. And this is a show that I've been on since 1980 called Pennies for Your Thought. Penny for Your Thoughts. And we had a promotion. It was called 1.4 Million Reasons to Listen, where we gave away 1.4 million pennies. Who did we give them to? And where do you get a 1.4 million pennies? I mean, Ed had his piggy bank out, and he was shaking that pretty hard, but dozens of photographs from 
the late Marijan Kenigo's personal collection, included a framed proclamation on her win in a bridge tournament while on an Italian cruise ship in 1971. And we had a, uh, you think Busey Bank was a part of that with the pennies? So you do remember that a little bit, huh? When, what year was that? Do you have any idea? And uh, we had a uh, we have a guest book here. Uh, we had one. I don't know where it is right now, but uh, Tim Dippman found it. And it has uh, people, some, some heavy hitters, Nancy Reagan and George Ryan. Erica Harold even signed this book seven years before being crowned Miss America. And Roger Ebert. And I do remember that we used to do a, uh, a contest or a news series about trying to determine who are the 10 most powerful people in Champaign County. And the one in 1996, the number one uh, most powerful person was the late Clint Atkins. At junesgazette.com, as uh, Jim Rosso writes today, you can flip through the 56-photo gallery and listen for hours to Dittman's from the Archives collection. And he says, remember Andy Kaufman's buzzer beater in 93? How about Nick Anderson's buzzer beater down at Bloomington, Indiana? Anyway, it's... Uh, it's fun to look at. There's a, I have not been able to, uh, to spend uh, very much time there yet, but I intend to because some of this uh, audio will be interesting to see what he has uh, found out. A lot of, a lot of uh, different things have gone on here in the last 80 years, that's for sure. We have a, a little display here in the, the lobby of the, of the station out on uh, Neal Street of some of the old equipment that we use for at one time. This is dates way back, I think. Way, way back. But it's uh it's fun to look at. Hey Rick, you remember any of this stuff? Well, uh I sure do. And uh when I was still working at uh, Channel Three, they had a young grad student who was uh, in one of the edit bays and he was doing the one hundred years of Illinois basketball. And I would walk in and kind of visit with him from time to time and ask how it's going. So then I said, uh, I asked him, what is the most uh, requested thing that you just have to include in this uh, tape or this program that you're doing? And he said, by far, he said, I've got the most requests for Andy Kaufman's shot. Is that right? Yeah. So I think um, it's been a while since I've seen that uh, full tape, but I think they... They played it back like two or three times, and one time in slow-mo and all that stuff. So it was kind of, of neat to hear him uh, say that. He said, by far the most requested thing that had to be in here by everyone was Andy Kaufman's uh, buzzer beater. Well, there have been some uh, buzzer beaters. Uh, Eddie Johnson's uh, buzzer beater against the Michigan State was a biggie, of course, and and the one that Nick Anderson the one that Nick Anderson hit down at uh, Indiana was uh, a long jump shot from just yes. you know just uh, just over uh, the center line, and an amazing shot. But I think the reason that uh, 
A lot of people remember that. Of course, it was a, a, a flying Illini team, which everyone remembers. But the fact that it happened at Indiana. Oh, yeah. And Bob Knight was standing there and had to watch it. Yeah, I know. That that was quite a deal. Um, years ago, I would go on sales calls at Channel 3 with um, T.J. Wheeler, and it was uh, interesting. I often ask him about him making that pass to Andy Kaufman for that shot, and it was uh, very you know, it was really cool hearing him uh, say about how the play was drawn up in the huddle and all that stuff and how he had to make a perfect pass or it wouldn't have worked. Well, that's right. And uh, Stephen Bardo, much the, the same in the in the paths down in Indiana. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you go for years and years and years and you don't see too many of those. But uh, when you do, you remember them, that's for sure. So this was uh, what he, uh, the guy at uh, Channel 3 was doing uh, 100 years of basketball? Yes. Uh, I can't. Well, wh- how, what, what was it? Six or eight years ago that the, the U of I released that, that uh, tape, and uh, this was a young grad student who was in charge of doing the, um, the show, and uh, he worked in the other day there at Channel 3 on it for uh, days and days and days. Yeah, I would, uh, I would imagine that would take some uh, digging. I know uh, Tim Dittman's been working hard on, on uh, our uh, history, and uh, there's still probably a lot of stuff out there that uh, that he hasn't uh, hasn't found, and uh, maybe won't be found. But uh, some of the stuff that he has found has been very, very interesting. I was just going to say, isn't it nice that a young guy like that, like Tim, is uh, interested? in the station uh, background and uh, history and would uh, spend all that time uh, getting all that stuff. I think, think that's uh, really nice and speaks well of him. I do, too. I, uh, I, I think that's uh, very well put. Not everybody would be interested in uh, the old uh, gray hairs and all the, the things that go into uh, broadcasting so many years ago, long, long, long time before he was even born. Hey, I appreciate the call. Uh, Thank you, uh, Rick. Well, Ed says the Busey Bear is in that photo with the 1.4 million pennies. So, obviously, we combine with the Busey Bank in uh, some way on that promotion. And the bill says nothing will ever top the Gregory Peck interview. Yeah, that has a great uh, story, which has been told many times, but since it's a transient community, I will try to tell it very quickly. He was being interviewed by Larry Stewart, who was my uh, predecessor here as a general manager of the station. Gregory Peck is here in the studio. That doesn't happen very often to get people like that. So Larry Stewart gave him a great uh, introduction, broke for a commercial, and when he came back, the phone rang, and he picked it up, and he says, Good morning, you're on the air. And the lady says, uh, Larry, I'm trying to imitate her voice. I've heard this, actually. Larry, I lost my collie. Can you help me find it? And Larry Stewart was dumbfounded. He couldn't say a word. But Gregory Peck said, Well, ma'am, what color was your dog? This is DWS in Champaign-Urbana.
CBS News, I'm Steve Kathan. It'll be lunch at the White House for Senate Republicans who may have had political indigestion, failing to repeal and replace Obamacare. Senate GOP leader Mitch McConnell is pressing ahead with a repeal-only measure that doesn't have the votes to pass. Welcome back to hour number two of uh, Penny of Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. Be here until 11 o'clock this morning. My guest during this uh, segment of the uh, program is uh, Joe DeLuce. Uh, Joe is the executive director of the Champaign uh, Park District. If you have any uh, questions at all about the uh, Champaign uh, Parks and the Park District activities, uh, if you want to jump right in and uh, ask Joe, that's, uh, that's why he's here. 356-9397. You can uh, text us at uh, 351-5357. Joe, good to have you here in the uh, studio. I was mentioning to Brian Barnhart uh, this morning that I think when people say Champaign Park District or Urbana Park District or whatever it is, that what they think about is a park. And, uh, for example, Champaign Park District, uh, if you'd go and be a man on the street, uh, uh, what's the first thing you think of? And they, they say, well, Hessel Park, Westside Park, or whatever. My point being that uh, besides the uh, parks, there's a lot of other things going on. Yes, there is, Jim. Uh, we have about 62 parks altogether, so no wonder people say they know the parks because they're, they're everywhere. So we have 62 different parks, but also we have about fifteen different 1,500 different programs and activities per year. So we do a lot of different things throughout the entire year. You know, now that we have 14 different facilities, including the Virginia Theater, the Dog Park, uh, the Skate Park, uh, Springer Cultural Center, uh, the New Leonard Recreation Center. So there's a lot going on throughout the entire year anymore. It's just not summer anymore. People say, well, Joe, you only work during the summer, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> not really. No, it's, it's really year-round. And it, with the Virginia Theater added on and all the different programs and activities throughout the entire year, we're busy year-round. Before we get into some of those activities, let's uh, talk about your background a little bit. Uh, you've been in the uh, park district business for a long time now. 37 years. Ooh, That's hard to say, 37 in, in years. County. That's a long time. That's how long I've been at this radio station. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, uh, I've been with the Champaign Park District uh, just a little over 20 years now. And I spent the first 16 years as the director of recreation and then about four years ago became the executive director for the park district. But I worked in Ohio as a director, West Virginia, uh, then went down, got warmed down in Florida for about 10 years, worked in Florida for the Broward County Parks and Recreation and also for the city of Hallandale. So what a great experience working in different locations throughout the country. And uh, But nothing really beats working at a park district. A park district is really unique for Illinois. There's about 300 different park districts. But everywhere else I worked, I was either part of a city parks and recreation department or a county parks and recreation department. But I really enjoy working for the, the park district system. It's a really a special district. And, of course, our property taxes come directly to the park district. And so we don't have to compete with the fire department, the police department, or all those other cities' functions. We do the best we can with the funds we get through the property taxes and the money we raise through our programs. And uh, you have gotten to the point in uh, your career where you go around and uh, evaluate or uh, designate, or uh, I don't know what, what the right word is, but uh, you uh, uh, park districts have to pass uh, certain tests or they they to qualify for certain things, and uh, you're one of the evaluators. Yeah, for the National Recreation and Park Association, I, I'm a volunteer, and I, I travel around the country and, 
and take a week at a time and we go visit different park districts and go through accreditation process. So they have to meet so many standards, like 164 standards that they have to meet to be accredited by the National Recreation and Park Association. In Illinois, of course, Illinois is different from everybody else. We have our own accreditation process. So the Champaign Park District is currently going through the reaccreditation for the state of Illinois accreditation process. So we've been accredited from the state since uh, 1999. So this is about our fifth or sixth time we've done it. So we're in that process this year of being accredited. But it's really interesting going to visit other park districts and other recreation departments around the country then we steal a lot of their ideas or borrow a lot of their ideas of what they do. And what they do best, we try to bring those back and help us also. So it's a kind of a two-way street. We help them out, but they also give us some ideas that we can use back here in Champaign. As far as uh, comparing uh, one against another, uh, I'm sure you're thinking the uh, Champaign Park District is the best. But uh, are there some others that have uh, come up with uh, unique things that uh, you say, oh, yeah, and you, as you just said, uh, you, you borrow them. Uh, but what are some of those? Uh, well, it's interesting. You know, the Champaign Park District, there's also an award each year given to the best park districts in the country. And it's based upon your size of population. And it's interesting that um, the Champaign Park District has won this award three different times. What's that called? It's called the National Gold Medal Award. Gold Medal. It's yeah. like the Academy Award for Park Districts. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting because we also won one when I was in Broward County, Florida. So Broward County won it. So I've been a part of four diff- two different agencies and four different gold medal awards throughout the year. And it's really a process where you submit all the information you can about your organization, what you do best, and also create a video about the organization. So it's been great being a part of that. It's really interesting going around traveling. I mean, some of the things I think that we look at is how people do things and how, what they do best, what type of events they do. So we may get ideas. When I was in Naperville one time and we looked, they did a, a event basically called the Touch a Truck. And we thought it was a great event. What? Touch a Truck. Touch the Truck. So we started about 10 years ago or so. And we bring all kinds of different trucks out to the park district, out to Centennial Park, you know, police vehicles, uh, fire trucks, uh, a bus. I mean, all kinds of different vehicles. And we bring all these little kids, kindergarten kids and younger, out. And they sit in those trucks and beep the horns. And so they touch the truck, get their picture taken. And we used to get about 800 to 1,000 kids come out for that event. So that's one idea that we were able to take from somebody else on these trips and see what they do and try to bring it back here and implement it. We're visiting with uh, Joe Deleuze. He's the executive director of the Champaign uh, Park District. If you have any questions uh, you would like to ask him, uh, maybe... Uh you're thinking of uh, enrolling in uh, one of their classes or one of their activities. Uh, I noticed the uh, the fall 2017 uh, program guide is uh, out. It says uh, play, learn, grow, early childhood uh, section on uh, that. Explore Champagne Parks is a way you can uh, find out more and more and uh, can, can people get uh, – I got mine in the mail the, the other day. In fact, I have a couple of them. But uh, can people get these uh, program guides uh, at your place? Or? Yeah, they can go to the different facilities, the Lender Recreation Center, the Breslin Meeting Center, Springer, wherever. Oh, they all have them. They all have them there. And also we're online at com. You can go, and it's online also. So it's amazing the number of people now that we have registered in line. They used to stand outside in line – for hours and, and wait in line to register. Now they can do it online. And about 75% of our registrations are done online nowadays. So that's really interesting and really has helped uh, people be able to get the programs they want to sign up for. 
Let's see what uh, Cindy has to say. Good morning, Cindy. You have a Hi, question for Joe? I just wanted to uh, sing the praises of the special station. Um, where our son participates in, um, you know, for kids with challenges that are... Um, Champagne does an awesome job of, first of all, providing programs. And over the years, I've just seen them try harder to make programs for this population. And then the people that work with them are just really great. So I just wanted to say that, that is an, they're doing a great job in that area. Well, thank you very much. And that, that is one of our, our great programs. We actually have a joint program with the Urbana Park District for CU Special Recreation, and they do a great job. And, and they are trying to do new programs, new activities, and really reach out to people with disabilities and try to provide something for everyone. So they've done a great job, and our staff, Jesse DeYoung, who's the manager there, does a fantastic job. And uh, we're really proud of what they do and how they how well we work together with the Urbana Park District in that well, We appreciate it, sir. Thank, Thank you, you uh, Cindy. Appreciate your call. And uh, Tom is next. Hi, Tom. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? We are doing great. What's up, man? It's a hot day. I, oh, hot. Let me tell you about hot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anyway, I got a question for your guest. All right. Uh, I live uh, southeast of Muhammad. I'm in Muhammad School District, Park District, uh, Fire District, the whole shebang. But I got my mail comes out of Champaign Post Office, and I continually get um, your booklets and stuff for the Park District out here, which I don't live in the Park District. Uh, is there some way that, and all of my neighbors do out here, I know that. Is there some way that you could go and see where the Champaign addresses are that, that people don't live in the Champaign Park District? We can do that. We uh, work with the post office on the different zip codes, but also our programs are also open to everybody. I mean, we're not just campaign residents, and actually we have reciprocal agreement with Urbana Park District that their residents are considered residents, but we encourage people also from Muhammad everywhere to come and enjoy our programs also. In case we have something that's not offered in Muhammad, you can always come to Champaign, but yeah, it's true. We, we try to do a good job of trying to make sure our programs get where they need to be, and we'll take yeah. a look at that one. I'll talk to the marketing staff and see if they can uh, correct that. But yeah. hopefully that uh, something in there might uh, entice you to come and, and participate in one of our programs. Is there an additional or an extra surcharge for somebody that does not live in the Park District? Yeah, if you don't live in the Champaign or Urbana Park District, there's a 50% uh, surcharge for or additional charge for non-residents. Okay, okay. Does that go along with the dog park too, the bark park? Yes, it does. Okay. Yep. Okay. Oh, and by the way, is that under your guidance, the Bark Park? Yeah, the Champagne Bark District. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is required to be able to use that facility? Well, you have to have a dog for one thing. Well, thank you. <laughs> That'll help a lot. <laughs> All right. And if you look in our brochure, there's the, the, there are some requirements in there that we need some paperwork from your your vet on your dog, yeah. and you have to register them and get a pass, and or you can pay a daily fee at the site. Is that patrolled quite frequently? Yeah, we have staff go out, uh, and, and a lot of times the, the people out there who use it a lot patrol it themselves, too. So they know who's oh. members, who's not, and they do a good job of helping us uh, maintain control of the park, uh, the dog park. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, mm -hmm. gentlemen. Have a good day, and stay cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll try. Thank you, Tom. <laughs>
We'll take a quick break here. We're visiting with uh, Joe Deleuze. He is the executive director of the Champaign Park District, uh, taking uh, your questions and uh, your calls and uh, your texts. If you have a message uh, like that you would like to pass along, you can do that, too, after this break. This is Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, I'm Jim Turpin. We're visiting with uh, Joe Deleuze, who is the executive director of the uh, Champaign Park District. Here's a, a text from Elizabeth who says, I would love for the director to explain how the needs of the few often outweigh the needs of the many. Too many times, one or a handful of folks have a problem with youth sports in their neighborhood and have caused the shutdown of said activity. Please explain how that is a fair policy. I'm not quite sure what uh, situation she's talking about. I'd love to have a conversation with her about that. Uh, she can reach out to me on uh, at my email at joe.deluce at champagneparks.com or call me at 217-819-3821. I'd be glad to have that conversation or put her in contact with the youth sports staff so they can uh, give her a good answer for that. But it's hard not knowing the situation. And well, uh, Elizabeth, if you happen to be uh, listening uh, this morning, if you want to call in, you're going to talk to him now and save yourselves a uh, they call otherwise, and uh, we let other people know, too. We're not exactly sure. Joe's not exactly sure uh, what you're uh, uh, talking about, uh, a neighborhood uh, sports in the neighborhood. If maybe it's one of your programs or something. I, I don't know. We'll try to find out. But um, you talked about all the uh, programs you have. How, ma- how many people do you have working for you? We have 81 full-time staff members throughout work year-round. And then we had, during the summer and throughout the year, we hired another about 500 seasonal employees. So it's a pretty big uh, staff, and uh, a lot of people participate to help make that happen. So uh, it's a, a big operation. How many people do you have uh, working on the flowers in the summertime? <laughs> boy, boy that, that's a, quite a, a job, it must be. Yeah, I think we were close to over 200 different flower beds. And it's over 100, 150,000 flowers they plant each year. So it is a big operation. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. And, and they go around water those plants and, and flowers, and they do a fantastic job. I wanted to talk to you, before I forget it, I wanted to talk to you about the uh, Champagne Parks uh, Foundation. And the reason I'm bringing it up uh, this morning is that you're honoring two charter members of this weekend with some sort of a reception. Yeah, this Friday night we're going to have a, a reception at the Virginia Theater for uh, Newt Dodds and Lou Lier, who are two of the founding members for the Parks Foundation. It was started around 2005, and they were there from the beginning. And they just done a fantastic job. It's really grown. Uh, a lot of different programs. They collected a lot of donations and and money from different individuals and, and co- companies in the, in the community and really have made a difference with the Champaign Park District. We couldn't do a lot of things we do, especially at the Virginia Theater, without those donations and the efforts of the Parks Foundation. Yeah, not to be confused with the uh, Board of Commissioners, uh, which uh, uh, you report to. I assume that's uh, the right way to put it. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> we have a great group of uh, Board of Commissioners. They, you know, to, to sign up and run for election – where you earn no money and you serve a six-year term. And that's asking a lot of people nowadays, I think. And, and for them to do that and be dedicated to do that, uh, currently Craig Hayes is the president, Tim McMahon is the vice president, and the other commissioners include Bart Cole, Jane Solon, and Kevin Miller. Kevin's uh, just got elected this year, and uh, 
He's a uh, young, energetic guy and uh, looking for uh, big things from him to really participate. He actually came out the other night and helped clean up after the Street Fest event. So at midnight, he came out and volunteered to help out. So you can't ask much more than that. Yeah, that's, uh, I know uh, on our board, we would have uh, an event of uh, some sort. Uh, well, much like the uh, the event we had on uh, July the 1st, uh, and getting your own people out there sometimes is the hardest part. <laughs> yes, your is. own employees, or uh, but that, uh, boy, I uh, give him a medal for coming out uh, at that time. Uh, of the uh, of the night to uh, to help you out now the um, the management team that you have I noticed uh, and I'm looking at uh, one of the uh, program guides now but you've got uh, what are uh, eight people including you on the management team yeah we have seven different individuals that are department heads within the park district include Stephen Benz who runs the Virginia Theater our Brett Johnson is our interim director of operations Tammy Hoggett is our HR and tech director Camille Jones is the director of recreation. Chelsea Norton is our Director of Marketing and Communications. Andrea Wallace is our Director of Finance. And Andrew Weiss is our Director of Planning. So mm-hmm. they all report to me. And uh, you know, it's like you said, you can't do it by yourself. It, it takes a team. It takes a, a group of people working together, the board and the staff, to do a fantastic job to make all this happen at the Champaign Park District. And, and we do have a great team, and we're really proud of them. And they just do a fantastic job. We're going to break for the uh, news uh, coming up here at uh, 1030 and come back and uh, talk some more. But before we uh, go to the news, I want to ask you about the event that you had last weekend in downtown Champaign. Yeah, it's our uh, second uh, street fest of the uh, summer, and uh, it was right on Walnut Street, right downtown. And uh, fantastic turn. It was a beautiful night, perfect night for an event. And uh, we put uh, our showmobile out there and had three bands on stage from 7 p.m. till midnight. We probably had two or 3,000 people out there for that event. So what a great event. Turned out fantastic. And we just enjoy those types of events that uh, we get everyone to come down and have a good time. And, and, you know, knock on wood, over the years we've been doing this, we've never had any real issues with the people drinking alcohol in, in the street and just coming out and having a great time. So it's, it's really worked out well for us. We'll talk more about uh, what's uh, coming up in the rest of the summer and uh, some of the uh, maybe uh, some of the surprise things that they have uh, going for them in uh, the the fall and uh, winter. And I want to talk uh, at some length about the Virginia Theater. This has uh, turned out to be quite a venue for well, as uh, people know, we've had Ebert Fest, we've had uh, movies there and plays and musicals and all those kinds of things. But now they're featuring uh, more and more live events and uh, some uh, names that people recognize and rush to get tickets. And we'll talk about uh, some of those and some of them uh, coming up as well. Joe DeLuce is my uh, guest, uh, and uh, we'll uh, break for the news now with uh, uh, Brian Barnhart. And uh, after that, we'll uh, come right back and talk more about the Champaign Park District. Here's Brian. We're back on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin. We're visiting with uh, Joe DeLuce. He's the executive director of the Champaign Park District. I'm uh, pleased to uh, tell you that uh, uh, Misty Henderson has been located safe and sound. This is an announcement from the Champaign County Sheriff's Office. This was a story that we had on uh, for the past uh, few days, and I talked about it at some length uh, this morning, and it's uh, a very uh, short announcement, and we'll have more as we go along today, I'm sure, from 
our news department will find out more. But uh, this announcement also says that uh, Ms. Henderson's absence was by her own design and actions. And as I said this morning, that the law enforcement people will tell you that uh, the bulk, the high percentage of people that that go missing uh, do so on their own. And uh, sometimes they're found and sometimes they are not. But uh, we're very pleased uh, to tell you that uh, Misty Henderson has been located safe and sound. More details as uh, they become available. Well, Joe, uh, a lot of things coming up uh, this uh, summer. Uh, when is the taste? That's always uh, one of your biggies. It's uh, Friday, August 18th from 5 to 11, and August Saturday, August 19th from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. And I believe it's the 47th annual Taste of Champaign-Urbana. Wow. That's a lot of events. That's a lot of food. <laughs> uh, you were talking during the break there about uh, the month of August. you got a lot of things going yeah, first up, we have the our annual uh, mini-try, and we've had a number, there's probably a 30th, 30th annual one of that. It's been going for a long time, too. Mini-triathlon. Mini-triathlon, and uh, it's on Saturday, the August 5th, uh, early in the morning, 7 a.m. at uh, Centennial Park, and I think we, right now we have about 150 to 200 people signed up for that, so it should be a good event. If anyone's interested, I think they can still sign up. And then on uh, August 11th and 12th, we have CU Days at Douglas Park, and uh, it's an annual reunion for a lot of people in the community to come back for that event, and uh, mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. And uh, we were talking uh, also during the break about uh, Dunkirk. In uh, I've been uh, seeing a lot of the uh, promotion on uh, the movie Dunkirk, but uh, at the uh, Virginia Theater, you're going to be able to show it in 70 millimeter and uh, for several uh, several different uh, showings, uh, talk about that a little bit. This is a real coup. I mean, th- this is going to be a big, uh, uh, one of the biggest movies of the, uh, the summer. And to see it on that big screen in 70 millimeter will really be uh, something to, uh, to uh, <laughs> better. People will be coming to that, I can assure you of that. Well, we have our 35 millimeter projector still there. Uh, different than our new digital one we have also. But uh, James Bond, who's a projectionist, uh, we always love the name James Bond. No relation to Ed Bond, I don't think. So but he, he's the guy that uh, works Eberfest. Yes, he does. He does, and he's a fantastic. And he does video projections all over the world. So we, we always enjoy having him come down, and he's going to convert it to 70 millimeter. So it's really a unique experience, and we're going to run the, the film, Dunkirk, uh, Sunday, August 15th through the 20th at 7 p.m. Tuesday through Saturday and 1 p.m. 1 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday. So we think it's going to be a great treat to see this in that widescreen 70 millimeter projection and uh, should be a, a great treat for the people in the community to come out and see that see that movie in 70 millimeter. And as long as we mentioned the Eberfest, that continues to be one of your uh, big ones. Um, more and more people and uh, from literally all over the world uh, come here. And uh, you talk about uh, tickets going in a hurry. Uh, they do for that, don't they? Yes, they do. The season, the passes for those events sell out really quick. So whenever they go on sale, usually around November, it's a great idea to jump on those and order your uh, season pass for the all the movies at one time. Well, what about uh, some of the other events that you have at the uh, Virginia? I know... Uh, ZZ Top, is, is is that sold out or not? I keep hearing it's uh, sold out, and then I read uh, the other day where uh, 
There may be, uh, Stephen Penn said there may be some tickets available later. Yeah, right now they're not selling any tickets. We do have some, the promoter who we're working with on bringing ZZ Top to the theater has some tickets on hold. And so we're trying to work with him to see if he can open some of those tickets up to, for sale. So if they do, we'll make an announcement when those are going on sale, probably 24 hours in advance, to let people know when they're going to go on sale so they have an opportunity to to hopefully maybe uh, have an opportunity to buy a ticket for those who haven't had that opportunity. Do you have any idea how many of those that might might be available? It depends. For example, we have a couple areas that they want additional spotlights. There's like 45 seats available, and we're trying to talk them out of not using four spotlights, only using two instead because we were set up for two permanently. So if we can do that, they may free up like 45 tickets. So that's what we're hoping for. Wow. That would – that would be a big help because I know uh, that uh, ZZ Top uh, sold uh, almost out uh, quicker than any other show except, uh, I guess, for Allison Krauss. She sells out very quickly. Well, let's get her back. Why can't we do that? <laughs> We're working on it. Uh, we keep reaching out to her, her uh, promoter and manager, and, and we constantly have an offer in to have her come back. And a lot of times she just does bigger venues. She's, you know, that, you know, we've had her here twice before and uh, maybe she wasn't quite as big as she is now because she is, you know, a big time um, performer and plays very large events and very large venues. So sometimes they don't come to a 1400 seat theater or 1500 seat theater. They want a lot bigger crowd so they can make more money. So also, so we're trying to constantly work with her to try to make that happen, but we just keep on trying. I know the last time she was here, it was a fantastic uh, show. She has a great band, for one thing. And it was, a, I think, a, uh, a fundraiser for the Crisis Nursery, yes. if I remember that right. Exactly. She's a star, all right. And uh, more and more live events uh, coming to the Virginia Theater. Uh, every time I think about the Virginia Theater, I think about the times that uh, it was very close to uh, either being closed or demolished or both and uh, there are people like uh, Dan McCollum and and others that uh, sort of save the uh, help save the theater and now the way the thing has uh, continued to uh, grow and uh, develop is uh, really a source of pride in this community there's even the uh, the, the stars that uh, come there uh, you know you may have to do some uh, additional work here or there, but uh, they say what a what a great uh, great venue. They they like to be there. I think. Oh, uh, people. Lyle Lovett yeah. said it was a great place to play, and he's coming. He's coming back, right? He's coming back this fall. Yes, and uh, we do. We hear that a lot. And we, over, we took over in January two thousand and put probably eight to ten million dollars worth of renovations to the theater. The only thing we really left, we really like to improve the sound equipment. Uh, we'd like to have a new sound system put in. And we did have a grant that was put on hold by the state for a new sound system. So hopefully that, with a new budget, we'll be able to get that going again, hopefully. But overall, the, the theater has, has been a, a great asset to the community. I think it's really helped the downtown area. And we're so proud that uh, Stephen Benson and his staff have done a great job there, really bringing in new entertainment and, and bigger acts. And, you know, for the first time, last two years, each of the last two years, we've sold over a million dollars worth of tickets for the Virginia Theater. And we're really proud of that. I think that's a big accomplishment to take it from where it was before, before we took over in 2000 to, to have $1.2, $1.5 million worth of ticket sales for a 1,400-seat theater is, is pretty uh, great accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're really proud, and we, we continue to 
work on bringing in bigger and better acts, and I think you're going to continue to see that. If you have any questions for Joe DeLuce, he is the executive director of the Champaign Park District, and you can get one of their program guides. The Fall 2017 guide is available at several of their facilities, so grab one of those and take a look, and you'll be amazed at all the the things that are going on there, all the event. How many did you say? Fifteen over fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. So uh, maybe you can find one to pick. Hey, I wanted to ask you about uh, Sholem Pool. Has this been a good uh, summer for the pool or uh, not? Well, it's all about the weather. Yeah, I know. If you have a nice hot summer, we do well. So far, it's doing really well. So we've had a pretty good summer. We had a few rain days, but overall, the it, it, it's busy. So we're having a great summer so far, and hopefully that continues through the month of August up to Labor Day. And right next door, you've got the uh, Leonard uh, Center, and they uh, have a lot of things going on there. Uh, look, their parking lot is filled all the time. I, we were chatting a little while ago about whether those uh, people are actually in the Leonard Center or they're, they're at the pool, but uh, that uh, place, uh, what a you move just kind of across the street from the old one, but this is a great facility too. It really is. It's really come along. We were hoping, we actually created memberships for hope people would sign up for a yearly membership, and we really wanted to make it affordable. So a membership is $70 a year for, for most everyone. Seniors is only $50 a year for a member, yearly membership. So you can come in, work out, uh, exercise, uh, walk around the track, uh, play basketball in open gym. For you know, for seventy dollars a year, a lot of places a membership is seventy dollars a month. So we're really mm-hmm. proud of that. We thought it would be great if we could have a thousand members. Right now, we're about at two thousand members. So we're really excited about the the people using the facility and all our different programs and events and activities that happen there. It's really been a, uh, a great success. Here for in us. the summertime, you got a lot of uh, young people running around there. We've got about one hundred twenty kids come each day for day camp. So that fills that place up, that gymnasium, really fast. So a lot of things are going on. If you have any questions you'd like to ask about any of them, uh, jump right in. Uh, there's, uh, as I look through their uh, program guide, uh, in addition to the parks, there's a uh, you know tennis and the Douglas Center and a Prairie Farm and the skate park and a cultural center up at uh, Springer. What what goes on up there? What's you know everything goes on. I mean anything dealing with cultural arts, from our pottery to dance to arts and crafts. Uh, yoga, I mean, a little bit of fitness, a little bit of everything goes on at uh, Springer. And uh, art shows, I mean, uh, we have concerts, box concerts, uh, box lunch concerts, and people can buy a box lunch there and, and listen to music during certain times of the year. So it's a variety of cultural arts activities. Uh, just a little bit of everything goes on there. Everything from preschool programs for young kids, from Busy Bees to Art Smart programs, just a variety of programs for kids and adults of all ages. We're at three five six nine three nine seven. We'll take a, a quick break here. We'll uh, I think we got have this one and uh, one other a short one. Let's make this into two breaks, and we'll come right back and talk more with uh, Joe Deleuze. We're back on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Jim Turpin with uh, Joe Deleuze, the executive director of the Champagne Park District, and Gil is next. Hello, Gil. Good morning, Jim. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. There's a question I have for Joe. Uh, he's doing a wonderful job for a man that he replaced, Bob Tolson. And I think reference should be made to Bob Tolson's job. Thank you very much. Mm, thank you. You must be a mind reader. That's a, Through the break, I said to uh, Joe, I said, I want to talk a little bit about uh, 
uh, Bob Tolson, who uh, passed away uh, when? when was I think it? It was a couple years a couple ago. Years ago. Yeah. Talk a little bit about him and uh, what he meant. Uh, when I saw, every time I see a program uh, guide, I remember he used to have those under his arm and were delivering them by hand. <laughs> and uh, he uh, he did so so many uh, so many great things. Uh, guy was there for a real long time too. He was there about uh, thirty one years with the park district, and he really took it from the infancy infancy to where it is today. He really. Um, Helped create a lot of the parks, developed, you know, got parks built, got facilities constructed, and just did a fantastic job. And he was well-known throughout the, the country as one of the leaders in park districts. And like I said, we had won three gold medals under, under his direction and uh, really well-known. Like I said, he's a, really a legend in the field. And it was a great honor to work under Bob. And I worked for him for about four years and really enjoyed working with him. And he just did a fantastic job. And we thought so much. We Each year we do a Champagne Park Honors event. We honor staff and also honor people in the community that help make the park district what it is. And uh, last year we created the Robert Tolson Legend Award. And we give it to people who really help make a difference in the park district. So the first year we gave it to Bob's wife in honor of him. This past year, we gave it to um, Al- Alvin Griggs, a former commissioner, and Nate Dixon, a former employee. Both of them have worked for the Park District and have been involved for years and years. And they really were touched by the fact that they received a an honor named after Bob Tolson. So he's really been a, a great guy and, and uh, really made a difference in the Park he's District. He's really a legend in the, uh, in the Park District uh, business, isn't he? Yes, he is. Uh, tell me about uh, Jameel Jones, uh, his uh, basketball teams. I see him talked about in the uh, newspaper every once in a while. Uh, what's uh, what's this all about? Who, who are these kids? Well, Jameel Jones, the director of recreation, mm-hmm. on his own time and, and extra, he uh, really got involved with basketball and wanted to be, a, you know, I guess he's a wannabe coach. He wanted to be, <laughs> I think he wanted to be a college coach or something. But he actually created and started a uh, AAU teams. Uh, we have two or three of those within the Park District, the Champagne Heat. And he trains and works with them, coaches them, and they actually have two or three assistant coaches, and they travel around the Midwest on the AAU circuit. So they just got back from Milwaukee, where they competed with 350 different teams were there on site competing, and they went 3-2 and two over the weekend. They were very proud, and a lot of the college coaches were there looking at his players. So he's very proud of that, and just does a fantastic job. And what a great outlet for these kids in the Douglas Park area to be on these teams and, and get an opportunity to travel around the Midwest. One final break, Mr. Bond. We're coming right back with a final word for uh, Joe DeLuce. Well, uh, Joe, we are uh, out of uh, time, but uh, thanks uh, for your time uh, this morning and uh, filling us in on uh, all the uh, terrific things going on at the uh, Champaign uh, Park District. And uh, we here at uh, WDWS and uh, our other uh, radio stations and the uh, News Gazette, proud to be one of your partners. We appreciate that, too. They've been a long-standing partner, both the radio station and News Gazette, and uh, it really makes a difference in the community. It really helps us get the word out about what we have going on at the Park District. Okay, tell uh, Stephen Bentz or anyone else that when they have something going that uh, they want uh, a lot of people to know about, to just have them give me a call. Will do. Thank you very much. And thanks for your time. Joe DeLuce has been my guest. He is the Executive Director of the Champaign Park District. It's uh, just uh, one minute past uh, 11 o'clock. We're joining CBS News in progress.